the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. So before I tear into this entitled... Arrogant, ignorant, bust out, pretending to be the mayor of Chicago. I want to explain something to you. When you make your money, honestly, it's not about the money. Money comes and goes. It's dirty fracking paper. This has nothing to do with money. And if you earn money, honestly, under a system of penalty called a progressive tax system, you understand that you're going to lose 40% on the low end, 50 on the high end of your income. So it's very hard to accumulate wealth, but what comes along with not needing a mafia fix to make your money is something that the ignorant, arrogant mafia member will never have. And that's self-respect and character. So when I give you a dissertation of why Brandon Johnson is a bust-out, it's not because of money, because this bust-out has made more money than most people will make because of his mafia connections. You see, he never had a job. So he had a ghost job, pretended to be a teacher, and this is the kind of system that produces 5% of the kids can read. Now, when I say 5%, what that means is 5 out of 100 kids can fracking read to grade level. What you see in this once great city, now a ghetto, sewer of corruption, now a national punchline. What you see is the result of uneducated wildings running amok. But what is fascinating to me, is the celebration of these ignorant, arrogant, entitled drags on society, welfare roaches. See, that's the other thing about self-respect and character. You'd rather be broke than get something for nothing. That's the important part here. So a lot of times this will be dragged off into, ooh, rich or poor, has nothing to do with it. Some of the people with the highest amount of self-respect and pride and character are poor but they will not sell their dignity. Unlike a Chicago rat Democrat, most of whom are wealthy because they're in the mafia, have those mystical, magical retirement pensions. But that's not wealth. That's just the benefits of being a scam artist fraud. They'll never have real pride, real self-respect, or real character. That's the easy way out. Those are the meatheads that voted for that short-in-the-pants mafia for decades that turned a once-great city a hub of business, finance, insurance, advertising, into a fracking joke. Now a ghetto. And now is when you're going to see the ignorance and arrogance of the welfare roach. When people say stuff about Chicago who don't live in Chicago, what do we say, Chicago? That's shut the frack up. 
this scumbag low life. And this is low living. So this is the mayor of what used to be a, a metropolitan major city saying and having his morons chant, shut the F up. That's the character of people who cannot read. That's the character of people who cannot earn their own living. So they need this organized syndicate pretending to be a Democrat party. They need its favoritism because they want that posse money. You see, the money that's being allocated towards the problems is really stolen by the apparatchiks, by the Politburo of the modern-day Marxist, the infrastructure of bureaucracy, that all would rather sit there and pretend that this bum who never made an honest dollar, but made several of them. In fact, I believe his phony job as a consultant to the Chicago Teachers Union was in excess of $100,000, which if you earn money, you realize, ah, you're going to lose 40000 so you care six. So it's peanuts. But in the real world of never earning it, he had two of those ghost jobs. So he's making $200,000. I believe he was one of these pretend commissioners of Cook County, not like Pete Silvestri, who is the parallel parking champion of the forest preserves. So that's two ghost jobs. $200,000, and he was on a payment plan for his water bill. Because no matter how much money you give a mafia member, they're always broke. They're always bust-outs. They'd rather spend the money on clothes and shoes and image than taking care of their actual family. That's why they'll never have self-respect or character or the true accomplishment of pride. What they have is ignorance, arrogance, and entitlement. That's what the sewer of Chicago Once a great city, hub of the stockyards, the financial institutions. Now what is it? Sure, although criminals moved quickly through the Bucktown neighborhood, robbing multiple people within only a few minutes. And those are the victims, right? The robbers, the uneducated morons that went to school in a system so corrupt it would pay this moron a hundred plus thousand dollars a year while only five out of 100 kids can read. What are the other ramifications of having these wildings? Running wild. Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox blasted the hearing. It's a joke, and it is exploitive of the people who live here. No, what's exploitive is you. You, you dimwit fraud. Letting out the predators, prancing around in your $3,000 costumes in between beating your husband up. What's a joke is your entire legacy and career, because what you are is an ignorant, arrogant, entitled, affirmative action fraud of the mafia. And who suffers are the very people who ironically are supporting and cheering for their master. Tanya and Terrell, as you mentioned, police say the 16-year-old girl was shot in the head this morning. She is here being treated at Mount Sinai Hospital, and she is in critical condition. According, She doesn't matter more than the kids that shot her. Just ask the people who are telling you to shut the F up. I don't understand. <laughs> what? Wait, everybody shut up. Now, I'm not quite sure who the side saddle is. But I do like the uncomfortable laughter of the bust-out pretend mayor. I'll call him Large Lori Lightfoot. Who's one person that knew? What? Anybody want to bet that that fat slob gets his money from the government? Anybody want to bet he's like a pretend? He's one of those city workers that doesn't quite know where he's supposed to be in the morning because he never had to go. That's exactly as welcoming as the mayor was talking about. I'm sorry about that, gentlemen. What? Yes, that's that's a real saying. Shut the f- up about Chicago. You don't live here. 
That's the character of a once great city that attracted major businesses, complete industries, think tanks, and the rest of it. I mean, we are the hub of everything from the stockyards to insurance, advertising, financial districts, all gone now. And this is the new populace of a once great city. And that's why it's a ghetto. And the funny part is about watching these half-assed gangsters. It reminds me of my old area where bust-outs, morons, would drive around in very expensive cars and rent apartments, walk around with more money in their pocket than they had in their checking account, and their wives were worried, and their kids were, were embarrassed. And they walked around like, in my neighborhood, it's called Spacones. But this is what's known as a Chicago Democrat. And we've known it as that as well. But there's other ramifications The good people are always the ones that pay. Target announced that it will close nine of its stores, including the one on 117th Street in Harlem. The stores will shutter for good on October 21st. And as Fox 5's Arthur Chan reports. Now, as you as you listen to all of the nonsense, these are all Democrat areas. It's through the nation circa 2023 when the new celebration of the Democrat mafia is stupidity, ignorance, arrogance and entitlement. Safety changes are coming to DePaul University. The increased measures are happening after multiple students were robbed at gunpoint over the weekend. Well, who put a college in the middle of a ghetto? Whose bright idea was it to put a, an institution of higher education in the middle of a ghetto? Oh, you mean it wasn't always a ghetto? When did it become a ghetto? Right around the time Kim Fox came to town, right? Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox blasted the hearing. It's a joke. And it is exploitive of the people who live here and who have been victims of crime. What can Congress do to help make Chicago safer? We have needed reasonable, common-sense gun laws to be... Listen here, you fracking moron. You absolute fracking moron. None of the people who are committing the shootings follow any laws, number one. Number two, how many of your gangster disciples, your El Rukins... Your Sinaloas are now working in government. How many of them are working in the police department? How many of them are contributing to the campaigns of the aldermen who never knew? What do you mean these are drug corners? How could it be? In the meantime, the scumbag lowlife drug user from all around Illinois knows exactly where to go to get the drugs. But Kim Fox, the rest of the authorities and all of them in Chicago, the entire government, they had no idea. And now you're going to blame the gun? Well, the gun here, dummy, it's for people who are honest that unfortunately have to travel to your now ghetto, once a great city, because they still have attachments or business legacies. It's the only way we can fend ourselves off from the same idiots that would celebrate a supposed mayor chanting, shut the frack up like a $2 whore that he is. He's actually not good enough to be a $2 whore. He's a CTU member. He passed. Um, since uh, the early 90s. The hearing comes only days before a possible federal government shutdown. The early 90s? No, no, no. Listen here, peanut head. I know your head's unusually shaped. You probably can't fit a lot of IQ points where it's narrow around your temple. However, this problem persists since you got the job, moron. Maybe you should take time off from beating that unfortunate husband of yours and pay attention to the actual data. In a statement, Congresswoman Jan Schakowsky called the hearing a distraction. Jim Jordan and his MAGA... Now, is that the Jan Schakowsky who's married to Bob Creamer, the scallywag political apparatchik who's been had to plead guilty to all kinds of corruption and skullduggery? 
Is that him? Now, listen, I'm willing, Jan, to cut your unfortunate husband a break. After all, God knows the horrors he's seen. However, that's known as a criminal. But he's celebrated with all of you, Chicago Democrat, weather underground, Marxist mafia scum, isn't he? allies are the same people who on January 6th, 2021, enabled an attack on the United States Capitol and sought to end American democracies. You know what's funny on that attack? That attack was far less violent than Monday was in the city of Chicago. In fact, I don't remember a 16-year-old girl getting shot, college kids getting robbed, three robberies in 10 minutes, or any of the other things Brandon Johnson and the Chicago moron wants to celebrate. I don't remember any of that. Do you remember that squirrel? Me either. In the meantime, what does it look like when a 16-year-old gets shot? Do we focus on not just the 16-year-old, but what is the cost attached to this kind of violence and mayhem? Aside from the actual hospital bill of the kid, the victim. To police. Now, police say just before 2 o'clock this morning, she was a passenger in the seat of a vehicle at a gas station when people inside a black SUV fired shots. Now, it's unclear what led up to the shooting. Or- now, here's my question to Brandon Johnson, also known as Large Lori Lightfoot, and the rest of the intellectual misfits and morphodites that support this idiot. Even you, fat ass with your Chicago City job. Can anybody talk about this, or do you have to live in Chicago to recognize what chaos, what a collapse of society, what a third world hellhole the once great city we used to be proud of fell into? Or should I buy a shirt? Because what's the statistic here, Squirrel? This company came out with how many shirts? Look at everything from the up about Chicago used to be the old style sign to the old White Sox logo, STFU about Chicago. How elegant, how classy, how proud all of the Chicago capitalists and real workers before the mafia started to corrupt work. How proud they must be about the once great city. When people say stuff about Chicago who don't live in Chicago, what do we say, Chicago? And what the rest of the nation says about Chicago is not only that it's a punchline, but what Chicago is in a, is an example of what happens when you pretend a mafia is a political party. Because what happens in that mafia is they go from the mobsters you can tolerate, like the moron bald dailies and the unusual looking short in the pants mafia, to this idiot, the best example of arrogance, entitlement, ignorance, while wallowing in it. And I, my favorite part, is that this bust-out was on a payment plan for his water bill while wearing a $6,000 suit. Only a moron would celebrate that. 312-642-5600. So, uh, how are you doing? I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560, the answer. The state of Illinois. It's funny when they complain about the money and the migrant money and all this. Remember, it's the first pre- the first mayor in 20 years, him and his 50 thieves, also known as Alderman. They're getting a raise. They voted themselves a raise. I love it. Open and notorious. And when you question them about the obvious failings, I mean, how many clips do we have where they don't want to turn over the paperwork of the money they're stealing in called staffing? Ooh, it's staffing. Well, who are you paying? We're paying our Democrats. One guy 13000 a week, another guy 10000 a week. That's how you get these idiots to cheer. 
for somebody they should impeach or recall or whatever it is you do to a Chicago Mafia Democrat. I don't understand. (laughs) What? Wait, everybody shut up. Who's one person that knew? What? (laughs) Wow. That's exactly as welcoming as the mayor was talking about. I'm sorry about that, gentlemen. What? Now, if you think a news clip is going to wake people up of a 16-year-old girl getting shot in the head, it's never going to wake them up because they're more envious of that fat slob in the back yelling, keep my city out of your mouth, because that moron makes bank on corruption. Now, here's the thing about making money through mafia and bad deals. You're never really proud of it because you didn't really do anything other than lie to the people and fluff up corruption. So you're not really able to walk in a room full of honest men. You're never even going to be as good as a guy who worked his whole life in mediocrity income, but never took a shortcut, never was a scumbag. You're never going to be as good as anybody who's honest, ever. It's not about the money. At the end of the day, when you're on that bed, like a guppy, like Jimmy Carter, who refuses to die, all that matters is your character, not the money. It's only an idiot that would sell out his character for money, or also known as a Democrat voter. How you doing? Where's the Democrat voter? Here we go. Hey guys, it's your girl Shalane. I'm back today with another video. In today's video, we're going to discuss the government shutdown and y'all how this impacts Social Security, free lunch, SNAP, WIC, military, everything. We also are going to talk about new updates to pandemic EBT and some more states that have been approved. We're going to talk about this October 1st increase in SNAP. That's if we get it. If the government doesn't shut down and more, my darling, this is going to be a long video. So if you want to increase in snap. So you're talking about a shutdown because what they know is there'll always be an increase. And who does the accounting on any of this welfare money? New York has money pending from the 24th through the 28th of this month on their card. So now this is super big, right? Because... The news was reporting at the end of December. So check your cards if you are in New York and let me know if you got that money. Also in New York, formerly incarcerated. Get my New York out of my mouth or your mouth or somebody's mouth. Individuals that are returning back to New York City can apply for SNAP benefits 30 days before being released from prison. So this is a pilot program that they started in 2021. Illinois did the same thing and is still continuing to do that to this day as well. Wait, wait, you mean Illinois is giving money away for free to people who are in jail and they're 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 applying for the benefits while they're in jail and they're getting it and nobody knew anything. Illinois broke. Sure it is. But pretty much while they are in prison, they can apply for the benefits. If they do get approved for SNAP benefits, they will have their card in hand the day that they are released from prison. I do like this program. (laughs) That's good news for all you scumbags that were in prison as well. But now they're trying to push it to the forefront so people know that they can start applying for it. And so before the expansion in this pilot program, they would have to wait at least 45 days before they can get benefits, if not longer, because they had to wait till they were released from prison, then go ahead and apply and then go through that whole process and then wait on their benefits. So Now, what do we know about these benefits, Squirrel? 
As well as in Maryland, they said children under six is paying out as well. But it's also a lot of fraud and stuff that's going on in Maryland. And Maryland has paid out nearly $1 billion a month in extra food stamps. So officials in Maryland said several years ago, they managed to disable like an a system that was intended to check whether food stamps application had low enough income to qualify for the benefits. Well, according to a state audit, somebody disabled this and that allowed tens of thousands of people to start collecting these benefits that they didn't deserve. Now, whoever disabled that, y'all the real MVP. But even after the state learned of this problem, they still continue to pay the benefits. They even after they knew they were frauded, they continued to pay the benefits. Why? Because they wanted the support of the roach. Because the roach will vote for anybody. Or anything. They'll tolerate any embarrassment, any humiliation, because they love their master. Yes, that's that's a real saying. Shut the f*** up about Chicago. You don't live here. Nobody with decency would live there. Surrounded by scum, half-assed gangsters, open and notorious frauds like Brandon Johnson. And 48 out of 50 thieves. 312-642-5600. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Arrogance and entitlement will lead to the acceptance of political corruption. That's why this is what you see in all Democrat areas. I'm sure most of you saw the Philly looters. See, my favorite part isn't the news clip. My favorite part is hearing from the people themselves as they celebrate the demise of once great cities across America. What is the common denominator? Anybody? Anybody? Common denominator? Democrats. Said they have no business being in Chicago discussing public safety. No comment from Mayor Johnson about today's hearing. Tomorrow, City Council is expected to confirm his pick for top cop. Ben and Lourdes. Oh, but you left out the part. You left out the part, Chicago News. He gave himself a raise, you fracking morons. Now celebrate. Don't get dignity, integrity, or honesty in your mouth. Keep it out of your mouth. Rats. Chuck and Dullivan. Hey, I want to commend you for saying that the gangbangers have uh, got into the police department. Back in the 90s, I worked for a company called UBM, United Black Management. I was the only white superintendent there, and I remodeled this. Uh, it was called the Stewart School. It was at 65th and Stewart, and the school was the old Loretta High School. And on the first day of school, yeah. they turned around and they let the people come through and they had to go through metal detectors because George Bush said, we have Chuck, to have, Chuck, did, have no I understand. Control. I remember I've heard you tell the story, but do you think this has to do with the fact that they're black? Who's the first, no. who's the first no. organized crime to go into politics? No, the but, Irish but, and the but, Italian. This is no, the old but, thing. Mexico's Mexicans in Mexico is, is nothing but a cartel front. It's the fifth largest employer of Mexico. They brag openly about buying a president for $100 million. This has nothing to do with race, man. 
This is about character and self-respect. It's what's 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 wonderful about the year 2023 is how openly they display their lack of character, their lack of self-respect, their ignorance and their arrogance. It's absolutely wonderful to see because now it's undeniable. 75 percent of the cases were still getting benefits a month later, two months later, three months later. So I guess they were like, you know what? We're looking out for the people. We're doing this for the culture right so now the usda they're paying a billion dollars a month for the people for the culture they're paying it even though they know it's fraud that's for the people and for the culture that's how you get democrat voters because what they're afraid of is if somebody with actual character and self-respect were to say wait a minute let's do an audit of who's getting the welfare cheese then all of a sudden it'd be over with overnight so they'll tolerate the open and notorious scum. They'll tolerate it because it comes with a paycheck. It comes with free food, so they think. Even though there's no such thing as free food, it doesn't matter. They're going to come with it anyway. How can people be so inconsistent? Why is it that free immigration was a good thing before 1914 and free immigration is a bad thing today? Well, there's a sense in which that answer is right. There's a sense in which free immigration, in the same sense as we had it before 1914, is not possible today. Why not? Because it is one thing to have free immigration to jobs. It is another thing to have free immigration to welfare. And you cannot have both. Exactly. That's why now, when you see the illegal alien get off the bus, they're proud to be here for welfare. They're not really looking for jobs. More migrants are expected in Chicago today, and we have already seen a record number of new arrivals this week. Volunteer groups say this situation is dire. CBS 2's asked. Why is it dire? It's dire because when they get here, they expect you to pay for their house, to pay for their food, to pay for their entertainment. Look at how they get off the buses here and go to Disney World and look at how the people who pay for vacations get off the bus. It's the same look on their face. Hey, Mickey, when can I get on a ride? It's a disgrace. It's a national disgrace, which is why if you track the money of $1.5 billion of Kamala Harris, the czar of the border, going to El Salvador, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and giving money to corrupt governments, what was she giving them money for? To incentivize what you're seeing before you. Because in this so-called problem, Brandon Johnson The Chicago Mafia Democrats have even a better excuse for a federal bailout as 50% of it goes to his posse pretending to be staff. Now step and fetch and vote Democrat and get Chicago out your effing mouth. What a low-rent display of just crime. Jim and Lyle. Sean, can you imagine what person of low character came up with the program to pay yourself $300 a month to take your own kids to school. LBJ knew when he passed the welfare system that incentivized people to be lowlifes, that he would not only destroy the quality of lives, but have a base for eternity. He bragged about it. I have an evolution on my thinking on this. I used to aspire to move to southwestern Florida or maybe Arizona. Now I want to stick around. 
to see them eat their crap sandwich. Well, you can do it from here. I'll do it from there because anywhere that I live will never, ever incentivize failure. I don't care where it is. Doesn't have to be Southwest Florida, which I enjoy now. If they should start to vote for morons and lowlifes and scumbags like Joe Biden or Brandon Johnson or any other Democrat, then I'll get the hell out of there too. Because I will not lower my standards and normalize this kind of open and notorious thievery, absolute corruption to celebrate some sense of pride versus the real display of what it is arrogance, entitlement. And bald face ignorance. That's all you see here. When people say stuff about Chicago who don't live in Chicago, what do we say, Chicago? I wouldn't even want to dirty my shoes anymore. I used to go there every day. But the difference is when I went there, I was a taxpayer. I was an asset to society. Now what do you have there? The Brandon Johnsons. The CTU. Also known as leeches. Welfare roaches. And suckers to corruption. They just keep sucking. Like the leech. And their thirst is insatiable. There's a lot of $6,000 suits. They're not going to buy themselves. Owen in Willowbrook. Hi, Sean. Hey, Sean, I don't know what's the bigger scam, the talking point of we need more new gun laws or the EV vehicle. But a question I have is, does does um, law enforcement keep track of illegal guns or guns that were used illegally in the commission of a crime, I don't think they do. Because First of all, Owen, I, I, I sympathize with the honest law enforcement officer as I do the honest citizen. But when you are living in a city of open and notorious corruption, you really think that the, the honest law enforcement officer goes to work excited about his day? I don't think so. No, not at all. And as far as no, keeping statistics, how do you keep stati- statistics of scum? You just had scum. You caught him with 5,200 pounds of illegal drugs. And the Cook County court system said, ah, you guys get out of here. Get out of here, you scallywags. Come back for your court date. Why would a cop even stop them anymore? Go ahead. Give them what they deserve. It's Chicago. Chirac. A once great city, now a ghetto. And they're proud of it. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The Answer. AM560, the answer. By the way, do you think it's better anywhere there else is the, the Democrats are in charge? You realize who you're dealing with, right? Absolute and total fracking morons. Here's Hank Johnson on the border crisis. People are breaking the rules, paying a criminal organization to do so, to get to the front of the line. Does that concern you? Have you ever been to the border before to see what's happening? Yes, I have. I've spent a lot of time at the border, yeah. You didn't talk with the right people, apparently, because your information, your questions based on, uh, you know, your questions are kind of off base. Are they off base? What? Are the questions off base? You remember Hank Johnson. Here is the intellect of a Democrat, Hank Johnson. This is a uh, island that at its widest level is, what, 12 miles from shore to shore, and at its smallest level, uh, or smallest uh, uh, Uh location, it's uh, seven miles between one shore and the other. Uh-huh. Is that correct? Uh, I don't have the exact uh, dimensions, but uh, to your point, sir, I think Guam is a small island. Very small island and about 24 
miles, if I recall, long. So 20, 24 miles long, about seven miles wide at the least widest uh, place on the island, and about 20, about 12 miles wide uh, uh, on the widest part of the island. And um, I don't know how many square miles that that is. Do you happen to know? I don't have that uh, figure with me, sir. I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like. Yeah, my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize. <laughs> you got your facts right? I don't think you're asking the right questions. Another Democrat genius. If you think you might commit sexual assault, always carry a whistle. When you find yourself about to commit sexual assault, blow the whistle until someone else stops you. Brilliant. They got all the answers. Go ahead. Live in the areas that they are in charge of. I dare you. And what about that Dalton mayor from yesterday? How's her posse doing? She go shopping today? I don't. I definitely know she ate lunch. George in Naperville. Sean, Brandon Johnson and his ilk have a chip on their shoulder, and they're going to gamble it on a reimagined existence. Chicago as we knew it is toast. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely. The good news is you can buy a T-shirt. Oh, yeah, you get these nifty T-shirts. They take logos of businesses that used to be here, like the cookie place with the fat kid in the jar. You remember that one? Get your... Uh, yeah, but that business, that business is out of Chicago because Chicago's a ghetto. That's okay. It's a Chicago legend. Here's another ice cream parlor that they were known for, the popcorn. All the places that closed because of these moron mafia Marxist scumbags posing as a political party. Mark Oaklawn. John, how are you, my friend? Good, how are you? Good, good. Hey, I saw uh, uh, Joe Biden was walking arm in arm with the uh, UAW. I don't think that's and, a uh, position he, of solidarity. Joe Biden can't walk on his own anymore. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, but my, my point is he's talking about a, a 40% increase for the uh, for the auto workers. Yeah, and a and, day off. Uh, you know, Four-day work week. You know, it's, 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 really, it's, sick, it's sickening because you know what happens, Sean? Let's let's say, for example, these 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 auto workers are pretty sharp guys. You know, they're capitalists. They know what hey, they're take and, it easy, brother. Let's not give great. If you go stand in this right. line with these morons, screw you too. Do me a favor. Let's not well, let wrap ask, our blanket around these idiots. Let me let me ask you. You know what's going to happen though? With if they give them the, uh, the 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 increase in the salary, you know what happens? The price of the car goes up by by a third. Mark, so consumers Mark. are paying another ten thousand dollars. Do you remember when Ford was good? I do. I remember when Ford was good. I remember when Ford not only was good. Did you know, Squirrel? In nineteen fifty, you know what the mileage was of a V eight Ford? You won't believe it, but I do. Others everywhere are talking about the economy of the 50 Ford. Listen to what Mr. Jacob N. Wade of Lyndhurst, Virginia, one of over 420,000 delighted owners said about his new Ford. In these days when the cost of everything is up, it's certainly great to own a 50 Ford. For I found that my new Ford V8 gives me everything I'd expect to find in an expensive car for amazingly little money. And in addition to being a low-cost car to buy, I find my Ford is mighty economical to own. I get 20 miles to a gallon and spend very little for upkeep. 20 miles to a gallon. It's actually 22. Very little of upkeep in 1950. And the Ford, the cost was low. Do you know why, Squirrel? 
They didn't sign the organized labor extortion mafia contract known as the UAW until 1941. They were able to sustain a little bit of the cost of stupidity. But back then in the 40s, you could fire a union member for getting drunk and high in a forest preserve. Not now. Sean Fain and the UAW that has stolen $70 million of the money from the workers that they don't want to find. They guarantee more money from those evil corporate guys. You've got to be an absolute freaking moron to be a Democrat or in the mafia. Then I understand it. And you're going to like my next guest. We'll be back after this to tell you who he is. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like I'm My next guest, fascinating man, truly. He's appeared in 46 films. Freshman, any given Sunday, Seabiscuit, but that's not the film you know him for. Instantly, a movie star. Also, an accomplished singer. He's having a one-night or a one-man experience on October 15th at the Moonlight Theater in St. Charles. You can buy tickets at moonlighttheater.com slash events. He is Gianni Russo. It is the Gianni Russo experience. Gianni, thank you for so much for joining me. How are you? No, thank you for having me, man. This is great. I appreciate it. I have to tell you, I'm a fan of yours for a multitude of reasons. Number one, your generation fascinates me. It's the generation that I think is 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 really a blessing to be in because you witness the country in arguably the best time. You're a baby boomer, really. And to, oh to see it from that perspective and to take advantage of it the way you did, that's fascinating. Tell me a little bit about the neighborhood you came from and everything uh, when you were young. Before I get into my neighborhood, I didn't know you were from Melrose Park. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, and my mother's, my grandmother had was a Russo. So yeah, we got a lot of we got a lot of stuff. Oh, that's wild! I used to go to Yamos. <laughs> oh my God, are you kidding me? Me too. I got thrown out of there a couple Lighting of times. Park, all that. No, it was yeah. crazy. It was a great no. town to grow up in. It was, and it, it, these were great neighborhoods to grow up in, and it gave a unique perspective to the kids that did it. You were a little faster. I noticed I was, and I'm sure you were. And that's kind of the part I want to talk about. You were kind of made for this 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 career, weren't you? I, I tell you, I, I'm blessed from the day that Frank Costello paid attention to me, and then he, he introduced me to Tony Accardo. Everybody out there knows who he was. So, yeah. you know, I was uh, I was very privileged and, uh, and still am at 80 years old. It's crazy. Well, you know what I think, too? It's fascinating to watch society transform. And all of the things that gave our neighborhoods kind of like that mystique, this is what the government does on a regular basis. And it's funny to see because in our neighborhoods, and I'm only half Italian, uh, my mother married a mud gun. However, he was a good-looking son of a gun. But in, 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 the, in the sidebar, our neighborhoods were because the, the culture that you're from and that I'm a part of wasn't really accepted in society writ large in the turn of the century. They were ostracized. And that society had to come up with unique ways to feed their family. They were not welfare people. So they came up with different ways, and they, they took shortcuts here and there. But they really had a certain integrity to them. And that's kind of the charm and the lure of the Godfather itself, isn't it? 
Oh, I think so. I mean, a lot of people, like you're saying, were engrossed with because of mafia, but it's basically a family movie and values that they had to live by to exist. Yes. I wish we had them now. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. But what's fascinating is now the success of the of the document. It's kind of a documentary, but it's more of a show called The Offer. And you see the struggle inside of arguably one of the greatest. It is one of the greatest movies ever made. And that's something you live through. You live through that struggle. So I wonder what it's like for you to watch The Offer if you have watched it and if you consulted on it. I'm curious. Well, I refuse to watch The Offer. Then my grandsons were calling me and say, Poppy, they're saying you really hit a woman. And they really exploited me in a way that I don't think at this point, after 52 years, yeah. why would you try to destroy me? The movie's already great. Yeah. What do you need to say that Johnny Russo is a woman beater for? They didn't say Carlo. They said Johnny Russo. Man. Episode eight. I know it well. Really? I, you, anyway. know, you know, I watched it and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't focused on that more than the, the, the struggle, the tension, both politically through the through the neighborhoods, through the people that didn't want it made. And you lived it. So I guess you don't have to watch it. But when you lived it, no, it what was what stuck well, you know, out? Unfortunately, if I didn't get involved to get it made, I wouldn't be in movie business today and I wouldn't have done 46 films. The fact that, you know, I'm proud of our heritage yeah. and we're not all gangsters. You don't have to have a vow at the end of your name and be a killer. And that's what they were trying to say. And Joe Colombo himself created this. I don't know why. And then we sat down and uh, with Barry Schlotnick, who was his attorney, and we sat with the powers that be of Paramount, which they really didn't exploit well even in the offer. And we got this done, fortunately. But yeah. look at now, it's a legacy. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm wondering, who do you attribute that to? Is it Francis Ford Coppola? Uh, you had the pleasure of knowing these guys. Is it, 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 is it, um, is it Puzo? Who exactly do you think is... is... I would have... I mean, as, as much as... I, I knew Coppola well. He's a couple of years older than me at the time. He had a, as much experience on the set as I did. But Mario Puzo wrote a story that needed to be told. The book was already in its fifth print by the time the movie came out. And, you know, something that most people don't know, that film was shown 24 hours a day, seven days a week for months. Yeah. There has never been a motion picture yet for 52 years that's ever been shown 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And to me, I think that's a great legacy. Oh, I think it is, too. And I think when you when you look at the, the trials and the tribulations and how many people didn't want the movie to be made, from studio heads to, to, to neighborhood guys and everybody in between, it's really a miracle that it was destined to be made. But when you look at the characters that played it, it's fascinating. I mean, the guy who played Fredo... Everything he touched, he basically won an Oscar until he died. What was it like to interact with Brando and these guys? What was it like? Well, for to me, you know, being a, a young thespian, which I wasn't, but to have Marlon Brando, I'm the only person in the world that could say Marlon Brando was his acting teacher. Yeah. He was so afraid of me failing. We became friends. While Dick Smith, his makeup man, was doing three hours to transpose the young Marlon Brando into the old Don Corleone. He ran lines with me. He showed me little innuendos that you needed to do. 
And basically, that last scene where Michael and I, when he confronts me about, you know, today he straightens out all family business. Yeah. That was all Brando. Brando walked me through line for line. And, and that, I, I, I was a friend to his till he died. I was oh, his neighbor, actually, for a while. That's wonderful. Wonderful. I had the utmost respect for him. And, and it's funny, too. El Pacino at that time was was a theater actor. He re- wasn't really a movie star. What was it like to he work made with one him? One movie, Panic in Needle Park, a small movie that Coppola saw his magic. I mean, I think Pacino is brilliant. Yeah, and, and you know the studio has, as we all now know now, because even the the offer, Pacino. They thought he was so weak. They introduced Pacino like they did most of the main characters at my wedding while I was marrying the Don's daughter. Mm-hmm. And they saw him in the army uniform. And Kate, this is not my business. This is my father. I have nothing to do with it. The studio was going crazy. But to watch him evolve into the Michael we got to know, that was brilliant. And you know what comes through? And I don't know if it's true of Nevermind. It, it just seems like there's a certain integrity in his character. And I think that's what the key to being successful in anything is. And it kind of translates. Oh, yeah. Is is it is it that way when you interact with him? He seems like he'd be the same guy he was in 1976 or 72. Is he that way? He's that way. You know, and I'm very close to the guy. And I don't know how many in your audience realize this. Pacino called me and we met with Oliver Stone. And the three of us started to create a movie called Any Given Sunday. Yes. Which we had 38 movie stars, and Pacino played Mike Shanahan. My brother-in-law at the time owned the Denver Broncos. And there I was now involved in another major motion picture. I mean, some of the accolades that I've gotten, I just fell into, but I'm happy to have them. Oh, what a life, though, (laughs) honestly. And, 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 you know, I'm most curious about a guy who... It just seems tragic to me. And that's John Cazelli, as he would be called in my neighborhood. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce yeah. his last name. But yeah. what a what an amazing actor at a time that really, since Brando, nobody really had that kind of presence on film. He was amazing. He doesn't get credit because he died so young. But when you look at his career, what was his personality like? Was he, was he, uh, you know, you know, you know, I have to say one thing that that showed me as a new actor the the unity of these stars, Pacino, Brando, all of them put him in every movie. During the, during the Godfather, he was analyzed with a brain tumor. Oh boy, that's what. Came- and he had a short time to live. They put him in everything, so he would have money for his kids. Oh, that is absolutely wonderful. Now, I'm I'm kind of a film buff. Was Harvey Keitel in that clique? Why do I remember the stories where Harvey Keitel was supposed to get a part in The Godfather and at the last minute didn't? Am I misremembering that, or did I hear wrong? I don't know that. I was I was in privilege. Imagine me. I was the first time on the set. They yeah. weren't even talking to me. <laughs> really? Wait, did it take a while? And, and after they saw you at Brando, I'm assuming that was the wedge that brought you in. You know what the funniest thing was? Well, when we did the rehearsal on 119th Street, we weren't even supposed to look at Brando or approach him. He approached me. And then when I got in his face, because he tried to get me fired, then he thought, wow, this kid is brilliant. <laughs> that really turned them all around. Now they all wanted to be friends with me and him. 
Really? You know, I was I was going to the set every day in a '65 Bentley with a Chinese chick chauffeur, and they were in Ford station wagons. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now I heard another rumor that if it's true, I'm gonna I, when I meet you, I'm already gonna give you a cigar, and I can't wait to shake your hand. But is it true, Marilyn Monroe? Because that is forget about it. That is the best of the best. Are you were you friends with Marilyn Monroe? I, friends, I was very close friends. Uh, for four and a half years, I, I fortunately and unfortunately, on July thirty first, nineteen sixty two, was with her. That was the last weekend of her life up in Calneva, and uh, Bobby Kennedy. I'll say it and shout it from the rooftops. Bobby Kennedy killed her. He forced her to have an abortion of a oh. child because she was married to Ethel, and I put it in my book. It's in my book. You know, my yeah. life in the movie and a mob. And uh, even, the, even the publisher was saying, we can't say that's not proven. I said, say it. I like and it. And we did. That's good. And nobody sued you. And his son is running for nope. president now. So it's a, if you were going to get sued, oh, you'd be sued. Joke. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me, you know, it's, it, when I saw that movie, The Misfits, and you look at that movie, right? It's her last film. It's Clark Gable's last film. And I think it's, uh, my God, his name escapes me. The other guy, the other actor, the main actor in it. It's his last film, too. But in that Misfits, she just had that look about her. You knew. Was it a sadness she just carried with her, or is that something that happened after she toiled with the Kennedys? No, you know what it was with her? And what, was, what we had in common, I was in Bellevue recovering from polio after seven years. I was 12. Wow. At 12, they put her family put her in an orphanage in the Valley of California, and she used to look at the water towers of Warner Brothers and said, I'll be there someday. And I did the same thing. We're looking at the skyscrapers and said, I'll be uptown someday. And when we met, we met because of Costello. And then, you know, one thing led to another, and we had so many parallels. But I have to say, I, I, I respect her. She had such a low esteem of herself and didn't realize who she was yeah and you know it's uh, and everybody took advantage of her i'm talking about everybody yeah tony oh, curtis so. sinatra marlon brando everybody oh gorgeous woman with slow low self-esteem that was the target that's the weak elf elk let alone marilyn monroe i could talk to you I forever look for them myself and I, <laughs> tell me a little bit about this show because i i'm I, I listen i'm not i'm not normally in chicago i i go back and forth i left melrose park i went to elmwood park then i left to go to florida but i'm telling you Thinking about coming back on October 15th. Tell me about it. Well, what it is, I took my book, Fortune is the Bestseller, five years now, and I took you chronologically through the high points and some lows, but the, the audience is going to experience 80 minutes of my 80 years of life. You're going to meet, when I was with Senator John F. Kennedy, when I was involved in getting him nominated as president, I take you to the inauguration. You'll see so much stuff with Marilyn. Sinatra. I mean, there's so much American history that takes you through my life. And the show, I've been doing it now for two years and standing ovations everywhere I go. And I, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's, it's fun. Well, Gianni, it's a must see. Gianni Russo, I've enjoyed you in everything I've seen you in. It has been a true pleasure. I cannot wait to meet you. Thank you for taking time out of your day. And I look forward to watching you for the rest of our lives. Thank you very much. Thank you and your audience, please. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Marxists, socialists, and communists. 
are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza I will say this, squirrel. Amore. A lot of misnomers, misconceptions. When Greatest neighborhoods ever. Like you've had too much We're Italian neighborhoods. What do you think of that? Greg and LaGrange. Hey, how you doing? Good. I think the actor in The Misfits you may have been thinking about is Eli Wallach. Montgomery Cliff. And I wasn't sure I was going to say it. But Montgomery Cliff, Clark Gable, Marilyn Monroe. It's the, the movie for at least... The two of uh, of them, Gable and Monroe. I think it was Montgomery Cliff's last movie, too. Did you ever watch the movie? Yeah. Absolutely yeah. one of my favorites. Absolutely fantastic. And it, they, they made Clark Gable go back to do retakes. He died right after. Right after the last retake, he went home and had a heart attack on a couch. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. But what a great movie. But there's a certain sadness that uh, you know Marilyn Monroe had. You Everybody knows the tumultuous relationship between her and the Kennedys and the whole brothers thing is weird and it's ironic that uh you know it comes out it, it, we we can still look back at, at at history actual history and have the difference the other, of opinion of, of you know i don't know if if the if bob kennedy killed her or who killed her but i do think it was awful shady the other the other thing is i think it was Keitel that was offered the part in apocalypse now but carlo rizzi's that that role just classic you can still see him when you when i when i found out it was him I still I flash back to that scene where he's sitting on the stoop. He's telling the guy, "You still betting the Yankees? Is that guy still betting the Yankees?" So <laughs> tell, that, tell that fast slide to knock it off, and then and then uh, Sonny comes rolling up with the bat. Yeah, do you know what would be interesting, is, Greg? Is to is to watch him watch the offer because I I, I I wish he would give it a. Listen, first of all, if they slandered the guy, I get it. I'd be upset too, but I wouldn't watch. Eight, then watch the first seven of them because to see how many um, wins were in the face of that movie being made and to realize what that movie did. It's very interesting. He he brings up a, a we have no idea what the movie business was back then, but it played for 24 hours, the longest. And if you inflationally adjust the money, forget about all this nonsense today with David. I mean, it, it was a different world, but that was an actual film of quality versus the way they put movies together now on a computer. It's like a video game. It's interesting to see the different takes on it. I got to say for movies, I mean, if if there's such a thing as burning something like a like into a computer screen, that movie's like burned into my head. Yeah, I mean, I could. Yeah. It's just great. Thanks, it is. John. Oh, great. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that very much. Rich in Indian Head Park. Rich is sleeping. Rich is sleeping. All right, Rich is sleeping. Craig, I'm on Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Thanks for making. All right. Yeah, you you know you were. Talking about these uh, leftist uh, rats and everything like that, how corrupt they are and everything. And All right, wait a minute. I gotta, I'm going to save leftist rats for uh, next break. 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. It's interesting when you only focus on the things that are important. The perspective you have and all that goes into that perspective. When we discuss these gangster Democrats, the contempt I have for them is because I'm aware of their fraud. Their fraud exists by policy profiteering, by creating a situation 
and then pretending we are the ones that need to solve it. Ooh, the government can't go on its spending limit. Now we have to solve it. In the meantime, they've been having a party with our money since this dimwit in diapers, this feeble fascist, or Fuhrer, whatever you like, has been in charge of the so-called country through usurpation of an election of which we still don't have the answers for. So tonight for the debate, I have people asking me, well, what are you going to, who do you like? And then, None of it means anything to me if you haven't solved the problem of ballot harvesting, same-day voter registration, and a forensic audit of these Democrat mafia neighborhoods like the sewer, once great city of Chicago, now led by the scallywag scum that celebrate low living and cheating, like Brandon Johnson and the Chicago Democrats. So don't, don't try to distract me with the problems as if they appeared this morning. The problems of government spending and the government shutdown happened almost instantaneously when any Democrat is in office, but particularly this corrupt whore, this asset of enemies foreign and domestic. So it's funny how it's been taken out of context, right? I am well aware of what has been the prima facie evidence of the undeniable fact that Joe Biden is a traitor to his nation called the laptop. And if you've ever even looked at it and you see the massive tens of thousands of emails, text messages, one of my favorite is from one of his cohorts of corruption, Devin Archer. It's a text message to this Hunter scumbag crackhead sister-in-law banging whoremonger. Along with the pictures where the whores that Hunter Biden is partaking in would uh, make Bob Menendez blush. They all look like they're 14 years old, the scum that he is. And if you look at the evidence, the text message says it takes a great man to overcome dementia because they make fun of the fact that the American Democrat still thinks Joe Biden is capable of doing anything rather than somebody suffering from dementia in the face of who Joe Biden has always been. An idiot, a liar, but now somebody who is an idiot and a liar and suffering from dementia. And one of those areas, you saw what happened with regard to uh, um, the uh, the crisis, health crisis we had that cost us, lost well over a million people. You mean COVID? You could go with COVID. You could go with COVID-19 or you could go with the pandemic. But none of those came to your feeble mind. And the reason is Joe Biden is on some sort of concoction of formaldehyde, B12, and Viagra that keeps him upright. Same, same concoction that's keeping Jimmy Carter still alive. In the meantime, this is what you are dealing with when you deal with dementia, dimwit and diapers, Joe Biden. I, and, and it varies. Who, think about it. I, I say that the public may be listening. Think about whether or not who you go to and how much you trust that doc is going to impact on whether you follow the instructions. I, I, I mean it. It's a very basic human nature elements. And uh, that's why having people from, quote, the neighborhood makes a big difference, I think. Now, this would be funny if you were sitting in a Panera, Starbucks, or a Dunkin' Donuts, and you're sitting with your significant other, and this dimwit in diapers is babbling, and you start snickering. She says, what's going on? I said, I don't I, you have to hear this moron behind me. And I think he soiled himself. But that is supposed to be the president of the United States. That's the difference. In the meantime, he goes off on these tangents in public. And the response, the response by, by the so-called administration is to just run cover. 
Why did the White House choose to have uh, the president take his, his latest COVID booster out of public view? Uh, isn't this a time when, you know, given the promotion of boosters and how important they are, that the public might want to see that the president's have? Uh, so the president got uh, his vaccination. As you know, he has an incredibly busy schedule. He's got he got his vaccination as as uh, the earliest moment that he could. And well, if you want him to live, you didn't give him his booster and his vaccination because the data is in, facts are in, and there's some startling evidence about the so-called vaccine. Now, for a long time, we've wanted data that compares death rates in vaccinated against unvaccinated people, vaccines for COVID-19 versus people that weren't vaccinated against COVID-19. What's the difference? Now, I'm going to be presenting data today that seems to show that the death rates overall are actually higher in those that are vaccinated, which, of course, is the opposite to what we would expect. We would expect the vaccine to be protective. But it actually turns out from this data that overall deaths are higher in the vaccinated and lower in the unvaccinated. But there are no questions about that. You're being told a lie and a fairy tale and a cover up. But in the meantime, you have an opportunity. We as a nation have an opportunity to stop funding the insanity. We can stop. There have there have been stops put in to make us all reevaluate exactly what our government is spending money on, whether it's the Azov battalion in Ukraine, the corruption that we see in foreign policy, the mayhem we have in domestic issues. We can all make it stop. But now you will be positioned with a with a situation that is an emergency that only us, only we can solve by allowing these frauds, these gangsters. These con artists, these assets of enemy foreign and domestic, to rush through the profiteering of policy. I want to say a word about uh, those in Congress who are willing to shut down the government. Just a few months ago, the Speaker of the House and I agreed to uh, spending levels uh, for the government. We were up right to the very edge, almost reneged uh, on our debt, and uh, that uh, we're going to fund essential priorities and still cut the deficit by $1 trillion over See, here's the thing, you fracking, feeble, dementia-ridden moron, that before you were struck with a disease you couldn't control called dementia, you were always a lying idiot. What you agreed to is exactly where we are now. Hey, moron, what you agreed to is the three-month cap. And in that three months, you immediately, like all the bust-outs that run your cities, like Brandon Johnson, limited the credit card. Yeah, limit up. Now you're up against the limit again. So this lie you tell where you cut the deficit, the fact that we are butted up against the limit means you lied again, you fracking idiot. But who's the real problem? The real problem are the people and the morons that support the Democrat philosophy. Next decade. Now a small group of extreme House Republicans, they don't want to live up to that deal. And everyone in America could be faced with uh, uh, America is paying the price. We are bankrupt. The only way we can fund your Ponzi scheme government is by allowing the very people who should never be in charge of money to guarantee future taxation in debt and pretend that we're not bankrupt. See, this is what you Democrats scum do. You pretend you succeed even in the face of failure. And then you act arrogant about it. When people say stuff about Chicago who don't live in Chicago, what do we say, Chicago? See, because then if you didn't shut the F up, maybe you could make the morons who sat idly by while you not only 
turned a once great city into a ghetto. But you bankrupted the fracking thing, you idiots. Now, maybe we can have the adults in charge. And we can stop the chaos. But it won't come from these idiots that would vote for dementia, dimwit, and diapers Joe Biden. Or the idiots that would vote for Brandon Johnson or Grady Preckwinkle. Or the other freak show of Democrats in Chicago and throughout the land. It'll only come from the people who oppose them. Now, who exactly opposes them? Is it the sidecars of corruption that end up being lobbyists on K Street, like the scum Illinois Republicans? No. It's only going to be that strong holdout of individuals who understand right from wrong principles from policy. The one thing I agree with my Democrat colleagues on is that for the last eight months, this House has been poorly led. And we own that, and we have to do something about it. And you know what? My Democrat colleagues will have an opportunity to do something about that, too. And we will see if they bail out our failed speaker. Now is the time to hold fast and understand what's at stake. Only politicians can bankrupt and destroy one's great cities, counties, states, and now the country. And it's all the same morons, the same corruption, the same scams. It used to be called mafia when neighborhood guys did it. However, they never had an extended credit card they could keep pretending to be successes on the way politicians can. The real mafia. The American government. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. What was funny today was to hear the government talk about how bad it's going to be to have an actual government shutdown. And they don't want the American people to have the perspective to understand under, in my opinion, the greatest presidency in modern history, the Reagan years. Government was shut down every year, eight times. I'm Lisa Mascaro. I'm the chief congressional correspondent for the Associated Press. We are days away from a possible federal government shutdown. This isn't the first time the nation would be in a federal government shutdown. Shutdowns happen when Congress fails to pass its annual spending bills. A shutdown would clip all sorts of federal government services, programs that many Americans depend on. Of course, uh, Social Security checks are still expected to go out and other programs. Social Security checks still go out. So what is the real cut? Programs are still expected to be running somewhat. However, government employees, millions of employees, not just here in Washington, D.C., but across the nation. So what? So what? You don't do much anyway. Uh, Would be told to stay home. So ordinary Americans could see all sorts of closures uh, if the federal government shuts down. Of course, the national parks always shut down, but there's other things that Americans might not see. Perhaps food safety inspectors or... Food safety inspectors. When's the last time a food safety inspector you saw one? You see one? Where exactly are these mysterious food safety inspectors? They're in the forest preserves with Pete Silvestri. Work being done at national labs and sciences to improve health care and, of course, at the airports. There's uh, always concern that the airports will see uh, worker shortages. And- what do you mean those guys dressed like Gaddafi? Those buffoons with the stains on their shirt? Can we keep it to a three-stain minimum slots? 
and staff shortages, and that could impact travel for millions of Americans. And of course, passports. If folks are trying to uh, receive a new passport to uh, travel, that also would uh, potentially face shutdown. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to make this sound important. In essence, you got 22 million morons, and maybe 6 million are important. The rest of them are driving around, hoping nobody notices they're not working in between lunch hour. So there's lots of uh, seen and unseen ways that a disruption in the federal government could ripple across uh, the U.S. economy. What about the court system? Because that was a big thing. Ooh, the court system. Ooh, you mean you won't be able to lock up prisoners? Oh, it'd be just like Illinois on a regular day. Only this time we'd stop paying for it. And ripple across the lives of ordinary Americans. Of course, the nation's military continues on and the border uh, patrol and security. But those uh, those troops and those officers are not being paid during a shutdown. So that would be another impact that would hit uh, hit the lives of Americans that do this work for the country. By the way, it's automated. It's automated. If they're not paid, it's because some bureaucrat chooses to turn off the automated checks it's not like any old ladies writing checks anymore. It ain't 1953. Robert Villa Park. Yeah, hey, Sean. How you doing? Aggravated. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty okay. I'm just a little confused. Uh, during COVID, we realized, or most of us <laughs> should have realized, that 90% of those guys aren't essential anyway, so yeah. who cares if they're there or not? Nice job, Robert. Just everybody in Illinois and all the government people, just turn on that switch you turned on for COVID. Sorry, we're at home. We'll get back to you when we feel safe. We'll be back after this. Shut it down. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. There's a couple of major benefits of being from the formerly great city, now ghetto, known as Chicago. And what that is, is we've recognized for decades, Chicago is the American communist capital. That's why Saul Alinsky made it his home. But what he did was create a hybrid, communism and the mafia. I call it the Marxist mafia. My next guest recognizes the dangers of Marxism in all places. She's got a new book out, Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids. Her name is Liz Wheeler. Liz, thank you for joining me. How are you? Hi, Sean. I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I love having you because you're writing about a topic all Chicagoans are are aware of. We've been shouting as loud as we can. However, there are still enough morons that vote to keep the mafia in power. And that's our real problem, isn't it? It is. But, you know, one of the things that maybe the silver lining of COVID the last couple of years is people, especially parents, even if they weren't particularly politically active, their eyes have been opened to the reality of some of these attacks on our children. I mean, think about how many parents just looked over their kids' shoulders on Zoom school and saw, you know, critical race theory and trans ideology and 1619 Project and moral relativism being taught to their kids. And you don't have to be a conservative or a Republican. You don't even have to be a Christian parent 
to recognize that that is bad and wrong and that you don't want your kid being taught that. So I think we're on the verge of an awakening. We just need to make sure to construct our fighting strategy in a way that will actually be effective, because what the Republican Party has been doing for the last 50 years is not effective. What I love about your book is the title, Hide Your Children. You see, to me, this is the most important thing. Time stops for no one. Nobody, no thing, nothing stops time. Time is the only enemy we all have. We don't have time for the system to fix itself. The system has been bastardized and corrupted through decades. Now, union organized labor extortion mafias run the teachers union in the major thoroughfares. When you talk about private schools, the way I send my kids, I had no idea how corrupt the Catholic education system was until, you know, you start to really look into it. These frauds that they are. So the reality is you have to hide your children. I've come to the conclusion. One of the best answers is to hide your children, to homeschool them, to keep them home and away from the scallywag scourge that would lead them to believe that this collectivist corruption is somehow normal. Is that the conclusion you came to? It is. And I'm, I appreciate that you noticed the title of the book. I know that it's somewhat of a controversial title because people say, Liz, you mean that we should shelter our kids? You know, aren't they going to be socially incompetent? How are they going to be prepared for reality if we shelter them? And my answer to that is, it is incumbent on us as parents to give our children shelter from the evil of the world while we um, orient their minds towards what is right and what is wrong. We have to teach them what is right first before they encounter all of this evil that seeks to harm them so that they can recognize it and reject it when they see it. Because what's happening right now is little children who don't have a well-formed conscience, a well-formed moral compass, are encountering mixed messages, messages that tell them that they're not a girl, they're a boy if they feel like it, that they're racist if they have white skin color, and they're coming away completely confused, which leaves them in a mentally vulnerable state, uh, leaves them vulnerable really to Marxists forming their minds into exactly what Marxists want them to be. Well, it's something when you read about Karl Marx, the scum that he was, may he burn in hell for a thousand millenniums. He had the, the, the ignorance and the arrogance of entitlement. This is the premise of all collectivism. I exist, therefore I deserve. And I don't want my kids associating with the scum that would vote for that or support that ideology anyway. So it's important to me, when you turn your kids over, they are certain of their own self. They have a certain self-confidence where they will not be intimidated or swayed by low-living Marxists, communists, and mafia members anyway. So I think that we've been doing education wrong the whole time. And the only reason... I came to this conclusion is that years and years ago, I was asked to judge a contest. I did not know it was between homeschoolers. And I watched these kids who were unaware of kind of their their inadequacies or their nerdiness, for lack of a better word, that they would have been made fun of in these ghetto schools or any school, really. We kind of turn kids over to the Lord of the Flies system way before we should ever introduce them into peer pressure situations, don't we? Well, what's really interesting, yes, we do. We certainly do. And you got to love those nerdy little homeschoolers. I say that with complete bias because yeah. I was one of them. I love them. Um, and I'm grateful for that experience. And I will be doing the same with my children. But one of the most interesting tidbits that I came across in the course of researching this book, Sean, was I was researching the public school system. And I realized that public schooling only became mandatory in our country in 1852, not really that long ago. Massachusetts was the first state to make it compulsory. And the reason that they did was because the Protestant politicians in charge at the time um, recognized that this influx of immigrants that were coming to our nation 
um, that the children of these immigrants who were predominantly Catholic needed to be taught American values. So they, they made public schooling mandatory so that they could indoctrinate these Catholic immigrant children in American values so that they would be loyal first to America rather than the country of their birth. And so that these politicians could indoctrinate them in Protestant doctrine versus Catholicism because of the <laughs> ongoing battle between Protestants and Catholics. Yeah. And I realized that our education system actually was designed to serve as an indoctrination center. We oftentimes think of indoctrination as being something bad because of what the Democrats are indoctrinating our children with. But the actual idea of indoctrination is a morally neutral concept. It's yeah. not good or bad. It's dependent on what is being taught to our children. So I challenge conservatives to, to take back this institution and reclaim what it was intended to do, which is, yes, indoctrinate our children in American values and Judeo-Christian principles. It's good when it works. It's bad when you're hoisted by your own petard of propaganda. And that's really the legacy of the Department of Education, which is even newer. 1978, it was, it was actually signed by Jimmy Carter, although the brainchild of the smarmy Richard Nixon who really got it from Rockefeller, but that's a whole other topic. But the institution of the, the federal government's Department of Education is only 1978. Look at the damage it's done to education when you look in the formerly great city of, of, of my own, Chicago, where in the worst neighborhoods, and in some cases the best, you're talking 5 to 8% of kids can read to grade level. That's 5 to 8 out of 100 kids can read the grade level, even less can do math. It does explain the current circumstances of the wildings that we see on our nightly news every night, doesn't it? It does, but here's the thing. We, when we see the Democrats acting in this way, I mean, we kind of expect it, right? We expect bad people with bad ideologies to do bad things. Our children are, are, are the ones that are the pawns in this game. But what actually infuriates me more than what Democrats are doing it's how the Republican Party, which was supposed to be the political apparatus that served as a bulwark against the assaults of the left, assaults on our children, assaults on our institution, assaults on, um, on, on all things good and right and beautiful, on our liberty, the Republican Party has failed. And I say this, I'm a registered Republican because I'm a conservative, but the Republican Party just objectively, we have to acknowledge that they have failed because look at the cultural insanity that we're existing in. If they had been successful in their strategy to fight back against this, we wouldn't be existing in this cultural madness. So what I do in my book is I propose a different idea, a different way to fight than how the Republican Party has been fighting, because we do have to adjust course when we've been trying the same thing for half a century yeah. and it's not working. And the reason we're in this predicament is corruption. Republicans like it, too. We're talking big, big money, hundreds of billions, dare I say, a trillion dollars in public education. And the problem with Republicans, I, I see it firsthand from Illinois, which are the, the most butter-handed Republicans in the country. They'd rather be cut in than force the, the alternative, which is to cut it out. And is this the census throughout the nation? Is that why we're in such a predicament? Because the Republicans like the phony milk contracts, the phony lunchroom contracts. They like the, 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 the scam of collectivism in the unions. They just want to be partially in control. Is it like that throughout the nation as it is in Illinois? Well, listen, a politician is a politician is a politician, right? I mean, we should be fundamentally skeptical of every politician, regardless of their party, because they're all susceptible to this corruption. Republicans in recent years seem particularly susceptible to this financial corruption, and it's because they're not ideologically grounded in any kind of philosophy. And what I mean by that 
is you and I sit here and we like to think of ourselves as living in a free country, the U.S. being a free country, maybe under duress, under threat, but a free country. But Republican politicians, the Republican Party can't explain what that means. What what is a free country? What is freedom? What is the definition of liberty? The Republican Party will just tell you that the definition of liberty is that liberty is an end to itself, that it's securing absolute liberty or as close to absolute liberty as society can tolerate individual liberties. But I reject that premise, not because not because I was not libertarian when I was young. I was a lot of us leaned that way, but simply because this libertarian mindset where you, you don't actually articulate a set of values, it doesn't work in the public square. And here's why. If liberty is an end to itself, and what David French once said when he said that drag queen story hour is a blessing of liberty, that would actually have to be true because those men have the freedom to gyrate in front of children. And yet I reject the idea that there's any inherent morality to that. It's grotesque. It's evil, which means that liberty must not be an end to itself. Liberty must be a means to something greater. That is, of course, what the framers of our Constitution believed. They believed the end of civil society was justice. But not absolute freedom. It, all, it only and becomes the a Republican Party doesn't reclaim it, that. We're going to continue to lose. It only becomes a problem when it's forced, when it's mandated, right? When you mandate this to be exposed to kids and parents don't have the say in it. I particularly, I've been, you know, I, look, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's funny to a certain extent. I think it's pathetic. And you know who else thinks that? My kids. Now, my kids are older when they encountered this, but I think to a certain extent, the right underestimates the opinions of the kids. And what we have to reinforce is teaching our kids that they are entitled to their opinion because kids are susceptible to this and it's a shame and they should never be forced to watch it. No question about it. But to a certain extent, when you expose it to kids and the the parent says, isn't that preposterous? Isn't that ridiculous? Doesn't that make you uncomfortable? I think the, the left underestimates the pushback of the common ordinary American. I think they tolerate, they misinterpret the, the, what they see, the fight in front of them. And some, in some cases, the silence that they don't see as acceptance. When the reality is what they're really going to experience in my opinion, it's just my opinion is a, is a future where kids aren't brainwashed into accepting ridiculousness, failure and corruption, but where they really reject it. I'm wondering if you think that's a possibility. I wish that that were the case. The problem with that, and I think that that is, I'm sure, true in your family and other good, solid families where the mom and the dad are married and they have a religious grounding, but not every family in our country has that situation. There's a lot of brokenness, a lot of broken marriages, a lot of broken families, a lot of broken situations where children don't have this nuclear family to serve as the bulwark so they aren't educated first in what's right before they encounter the wrong Mm -hmm. so they're not able to recognize it as being preposterous the way that your children are or i hope my children will be and i think that yes we have to push back as individual parents and protect our families but we also have to protect the children that don't have that that bulwark by making sure that these institutions are actually teaching something that's good and true and beautiful. We don't have to pre- we don't have to fall for this idea, this false idea of neutrality. The school systems are never just going to teach reading, writing. No, I, I I think you have to hide to I agree with you. I think you have to hide your children, but there's an there's a problem. So, I wasn't raised by parents that were married. I was raised by a mother who had a family structure, right? 
And, and, and you have to recognize when a parent is a scumbag, for instance, anybody that was ever married to Hunter Biden, the best way to raise that kid is to get that kid away from that crack-smoking, whoremongering, scumbag, bagman Hunter Biden. And that's the case in all levels. So I don't know if, if, if selling the idea that you have, to, you have to do A, B, and C, rather than abide by the simple principle of teaching your child the virtue and the righteousness in individuality over collectivism. Because I'm worried that that it takes a village nonsense cuts both ways, when I don't think it takes a village. In fact, I don't want any villagers around who support corruption, who support collectivism. So it's a double-edged sword you kind of have to work around, don't you? And then, you, you know, when you're, when you're a homeschooler and you're teaching your kid, you realize how many founding fathers didn't have fathers. It's like 50% didn't have any fathers. So there's a way to do it, even though circumstances start out and they start out maybe not ideal for a mother and a child or a father and a child. It really takes one good parent and communication skills, right? It can, and you're fortunate if that was your circumstance. In addition to some of the circumstances of the founding father, I'm not. I'm not trying to castigate individual yeah. parents who successfully raise their kids, but I do think that we have to be realistic when we look at the education system, and we have to be realistic with with the fact that there's no such thing as neutrality. Either the Democrats' ideologies are going to be what's taught to our children, or it's going to be. American values and Judeo-Christian morals. Otherwise, I mean, the way that I look at it, and I know I have a very base view on this, what's the purpose of the public school system? Why would anyone want to send their kids somewhere when academically they're failing, socially they're coming out socially stunted, they're being indoctrinated, they are being told that they're racist, there's, there's, it's a pit of snakes for children in there. Why would, why should we even have a public school system if it's not serving the greater good? And that's why I love this, because you have to hide your children. I think the only answer, I really do, I mean, I think there can be some, some very small private schools, but it's so, such a, such a dice game on getting the exact right person who cares more about the kid than themselves, somebody with a vocation versus an occupation. And nobody, in my opinion, cares more about the kid than the parent. I think the exact right answer is homeschool, which you are the example of. The homeschooled child has a better grasp of an, of an understanding of intellect, thought, humanity, and self-respect. And that's something we lose when we send our kids off to strangers. And I, I think you are the greatest example of why you need to hide your children and homeschool them. And I think that's the only answer. I think sometimes people are afraid because you don't want to say, ah, I, I, I don't think you should send them to private school either. I think you should, and I did. I regret it, though. If I could do one thing over, it would be that. And I, I'm wondering if the first step should be homeschool your kid. Do not turn your kid over to society when it's so corrupted, so bastardized, so infiltrated with ideologies of collectivism until they're 18 and adults and can handle the pressures of peer pressure by themselves. What do you think? In Chapter 12 of my book, I have a 12-step plan for how we can take back our country, take back these institutions, protect our kids. And one of those 12 steps is if you possibly can homeschool your child, get them out of the public school system. As you seem to have experienced, the private school system is oftentimes not any better. Sometimes it's even worse because there's not even accountability to the taxpayer. If you possibly can homeschool your your child, it will better serve them academically. It will better serve them socially. It will better serve them spiritually. You will actually educate them and you will help form them 
into the self-sufficient contributing member of society that our country so desperately needs. And it's it's why, by the way, that the left, the Marxists are um, levying this attack against homeschooling. They want a presumptive ban on homeschooling. Uh, and, and their excuse for this, Sean, is crazy. They, they say uh, homeschooling is abusive. And they're not claiming that homeschooled children are abused at a higher level. They simply call it abusive because it, quote, deprives a child of a public school experience. They know that homeschooling is an existential threat to the indoctrination that they are that they are undergoing or that they are they're subjecting children to in school. You know, Liz, what's always fascinating me, did you ever go back and read the letters during the Civil War of soldiers on both sides back to their family? And you read how brilliant. These soldiers were, these kids, they were kids. And you read their ability to articulate their thought, the feelings, and the way in which they wrote to capture the climate that they were experiencing. Did you ever, did you ever notice the difference in education from 200 years ago to now where you look at these cities where the teachers make 119,000, 150,000, have all the benefits in the world, and neither the teachers nor the kids can talk read or write. I mean, you have to almost be astonished at how intellectually humanity is in its infancy as we think we're on the cutting edge of progress. Listen, Thomas Jefferson was younger than I am when he wrote the Declaration of Independence, so I will always be humbled by the level of, I don't even want to call it education, but intellect and knowledge and thoughtful analysis of ideology and philosophy that used to happen in this country that no longer happens. The only the only people you run across these days that come even close to that are often graduates of a homeschool education. Again, I couldn't advocate for that more. Um, I think it's so important that we acknowledge the reality of the political enemy that we face, that it's not just nonsense or gone off the rails or a little bit of leftism in the leftist state that this yeah. is a concerted effort to target our children. And if we want to fight back, we really have to recalibrate our fighting tactics because what we're doing right now isn't working, but there is a way that we can win if we choose to do it. Hide your children. Exposing the Marxists behind the attack on America's kids. She is Liz Wheeler. Thank you so much, Liz. I can't wait to go through the book. I so enjoyed tipping points. Uh, it was fantastic. And, it, and you know, it's funny how to topple the left's house of cards. Just let them keep going. They bankrupt everything and destroy everything they touch. Liz Wheeler, thank you for joining me. Sean, thanks so much. I appreciate it. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Interesting when you see the difference in the way a corrupt government, corrupt justice system, can fast-track their political enemies through persecution rather than just attend slow-walk their scum. Now, when I say slow-walk their scum, you know I'm talking about the the short-in-the-pants mafia. Mike Madigan will never see a courtroom. Yeah, I don't think it will matter if Ed Burke does. The fix is in. After all, his wife, who graduated law school at 40 years old, became a Supreme Court justice in the only state that would tolerate the corruption, her short-in-the-pants Viagra addict, whoremongering son, also known as Alderman Ed Burke, would tolerate. So it's a different system when you're in these Democrat sewers. So when I heard this story, I knew it was going to be a Democrat sewer. New York seems about right. 
Time News Alert now and a New York judge ruling that former President Trump, his son and the entire Trump organization defrauded banks and insurers while building their real estate empire. The ruling says the former president and his company inflated the value of his assets by billions of dollars and exaggerated his net worth to secure financing. The judge- That's not fraud. Not fraud. He didn't exaggerate his net worth. What he exaggerated was his property values. The way in which they were validated is by appraisers, by both the banks and the insurance companies, who agreed to lend money at a certain price. Now, you're not showing any evidence that it's a price that was not audited or appraised through banks or insurance companies. You just don't like the price. And what you don't understand is the way in which money in real estate works. But what you do understand is the idiot's that think you're a political party versus a mafia, they've never really been involved in the business, so they don't care. They just get a headline. But here's what bank fraud sounds like. Here's bank fraud. Senator Sanders is continuing to defend his wife, Jane, and deny that he used political influence to help her secure a loan while she was the president of the now-defunct Burlington College. Now, see, fraud, fraud is when you lie about income fraud when you lie and then your lie is so obvious that after the bank calls in the loan the entity the pretend entity goes out of business fraud is what the only elected communist out of the closet communist and his wife homely unpleasant looking bank fraudster liar partook in what exactly did she do squirrel but today, we're also hearing from the attorney who filed the complaint. Attorney Brady Townsing says he filed in late 2015, saying there were discrepancies in the loan Jane Sanders took out to expand the college and buy from the Roman Catholic diocese back in 2010. He says the discrepancy is in what she confirmed as donations to the bank and the actual amount of confirmed donations that the school receives. So she lied about the actual money. She stated. A far different number than what actually came in. That's called bank fraud. But when you have political sway, what's the word that you people in Chicago still love? You shorten the pants, daily coziers, clout. When you have the clout, you squash it like Mike Madigan. When is his trial, squirrel? Never. Judge says that action deceived banks and insurance companies. Some of Trump's business licenses in New York have now been canceled, and the Trump Organization could lose control over properties. In- now, the Trump Organization is either going to get fast tracked in a Democrat ghetto like New York, like Cook County, where two family court judges, two, sit on the table of wisdom LLC to this day. What exactly are they doing? They're profiteering. From coll- collapsed, bankrupt, and tax auction property. Like a La Cosa Nostra. Only this time, they're not very heterosexual. And their wives think orgasm is a planet next to Pluto. In the meantime, the example of fraud, the only elected communist, also known as a Democrat presidential candidate at one time, Kami Sanders. He says the audited financial statement from the diocese showed it lost nearly $2 million as a consequence of the loan fraud. Senator Sanders' former campaign... So the consequence was that the diocese lost $2 million. Was this 
dog faced pony soldier, as she's referred to by Joe Biden and the Marxist mafia. Was this wolf ever prosecuted? Wolf Sanders manager says Jane Sanders hasn't been told she's under investigation, but he confirms that she has hired a lawyer. Meanwhile, Bernie Sanders has continued to stand by his wife, calling her the most honest person he knows. And she has another skill. If she looks at milk for more than three minutes, sours. He fielded more questions about the allegations into his use of political influence in the loan process tonight on MSNBC. That allegation came from the vice chairman of the Vermont Republican Party and Donald Trump's Vermont campaign state director. That is an absolute lie. But, you know, that's what you expect from the Trump administration and people associated with Donald Trump. These people do not choose to debate the real issues facing the American people. I'll debate them with you, you communist whore. Never worked a day in your miserable existence. I can't wait to relieve myself on your headstone. In the meantime, it wasn't Donald Trump. It wasn't Donald Trump's direction. It was the Federal Bureau of Incompetence and the only organization that could have sidelined the most obvious example of bank fraud perpetrated by the spouse of any sitting or elected official. Senator Bernie Sanders and his wife are getting some high-priced legal help tonight. We know Jane Sanders is the subject of an FBI investigation that began during the Obama years. Now, the senator may also be under scrutiny. I'm sorry, did he say during the Obama years? But then it became a Trump problem. And that's how you successfully shelf, sideline, squash a problem through political influence and corruption. Chief Washington correspondent James Rosen tonight tells us why. No, it's not. Senator Bernie Sanders refused multiple times to answer questions from Fox News Senate producer Kara Rowland about the FBI investigation that has reportedly come to focus on Sanders' wife, Jane. Where are you from? Fox News. CBS is reporting on this. Politico is reporting on this. Do you still believe it's politically motivated, sir? Well, I'm glad that you're interested in the fact that the Republican leadership is proposing legislation which would throw millions of people off of health insurance. The case centers on Jane Sanders' tenure as president of Vermont's Burlington College from 2004 to 2011 and a loan application she filed in 2010 to help the school expand. Published reports allege Sanders claimed $2.6 million in pledges, but as the college spiraled into bankruptcy, Sanders reportedly raised less than 700000 That's fraud. That's fraud on income, on your ability to pay back a loan. Fraud isn't Donald Trump bloviating and puffing up the price of real estate in which a bank then sends an appraiser out and agrees to loan him money on. That's not fraud. That's a difference of opinion. But see, in a Marxist communist society where Bernie Sanders and the scum Democrats that destroyed our once great city thrive, you can't disagree with them. Then you will be prosecuted. In the meantime, when you got enough cheese or clout in the Democrat mafia, there's no problem too big. Whether you're the short in the pants gangster named Mike Madigan or the communist, the only, only politician to go honeymoon in Moscow during the Cold War. There, he's a hero and a rising star.
Leading the Trump campaign chair in Vermont, Brady Tunsing, to ask federal prosecutors and banking regulators to investigate what he termed apparent federal bank fraud. I have seen public records documents that show that an investigation has been started. Those records were with the Vermont Department of Education, where... Huh. Democrats. Squashed it. Banking. SEC. FTC. Squashed it. Why? all run by government Gestapo assets of collectivism and corruption. That's where the real cheese is in the Democrat mafia. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Here's another very interesting thing about the Trump case. At what date was his loan given? Because in the last two and a half years of this dimwit in diaper, the traitor and thief, some refer to as president, Joe Biden, property in these Democrat sewers has imploded. So the property in New York is worth far less than it was prior to the dimwit in diapers or the idiot mayor. In fact, it's like the mayor here. The prices are in the turlet, right where they live. They drive down the value of real estate. Everywhere there's a Democrat scallywag. Now, if you point to California, it's interesting about California. The only reason there's real estate values has any kind of equity or price is because they have a property tax freeze, which means the government can't run away and divert the cost of corruption the way they do in Chicago or New York or New Jersey or Philly all of which the property value since the dimwit in diapers, Joe Biden, has stolen the office, has driven the prices down. So this is very interesting. There's a lot of moving parts. The good news is the people who are dumb enough to vote for Joe Biden, they really don't care about the nuances of business or value or money. And one of those areas, you saw what happened with regard to uh, um, the, uh, the crisis, health crisis we had that cost us, lost well over a million people. Morons, morons, each and every one of you. Cream Puff Jim, I'm talking to you, dummy. Hello. Hey, you're not paying attention. You're as bright as they come. Greg and Rogers Park. Hey, Sean, I, I got a question for you. Usually when I voted, because I'm more of an old school, f- very fiscally conservative, you know, person. I don't own a credit card or anything. But I used to go more with the, who I'd vote for mostly looking at the fiscal responsibility is most important. Now do you think it's changed now where we got to get the crime in order before the fiscal? Or is it both the same <laughs> to you? Brother, I think, you know, I give you credit for pretending that voting in Chicago is going to matter if you're not part of the scheme or the crime family. I don't think it's, it's going to matter one iota. And even when I lived in Elmwood Park, I never voted because I thought my vote was going to matter. I knew it was a mafia-run corrupt hellhole, and my vote for Congress didn't matter against Louis Gutierrez or any of the rest of it. Sure. What I went there for was to argue with those moron union guys who thought I needed their cheat card on who to vote for. I never entertained the idea that in a sewer of corruption like Crook County, the votes of good people matter. Take a look at it over the last 50 years. Thank you very much. The only vote that you should be uh, implementing is the vote to sell your residence. Creep up, Jimmy. You there, dummy? Yes, yes. Right. I, uh, I, guess, uh, I guess Trump is going to address some prison labor somewhere in the cloak of darkness. He says he can make him rich. 
But my thing is, why is he telling a real estate scam? Well, first that's of all, do you think... Rich. That's the way to get rich. Oh, Forget yeah. about working. Well, you know, the, working. the thing is, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, Apparently, yeah. in his scam, he had a lot of cooperation. Like, for instance, he had the banks that loaned him the money. He had the insurance companies that agreed with the price. Who exactly yeah. is the criminal? Just his price opinion? That's well, what you no, have a problem with? The whole, the whole thing is, I wish I would have... I lived in a house. I should have... God, if I would have known, I just would have played the thing in the Taj Mahal. You know why, Jim? You know why, Jim, you couldn't? Because the bank would have to agree with you, and you just proved why he's innocent. On the other hand, what I love is your tolerance of the guilt of the most obvious asset of enemies, foreign and domestic, this country's ever had elected to any office. And you, Chicago Democrat, you will step, and you will fetch, and you will support your master. As we stand here today, we're nine years into this. Hunter Biden has still not been charged with anything tax related. Twenty million dollars from at least seven different countries. Uh, LLCs created in 20 different entities and no indictment today. And what I made the point today is, by the way, that's you don't get any response from our Democrat colleagues because they are in on it. For instance, we have direct links from the communists paying directly into the bank account of the Bidens. This is only second by, what is that uh, that scam, commotion, motion, that Chinese communist front that Fatso Pritzker is all happy about? Uh, Congressman, what does this mean? What can you tell us? Well, I can tell you that on the wire that Hunter Biden received from the Chinese national, uh, the beneficiary address listed was Joe Biden's home address. Ding, 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 ding. Direct payment to the sitting president, also known as an asset of the Chinese Communist Party, which is why the policies implemented weaken the American people and strengthen the communists and mafia around the world. At a time where I'm pretty certain Hunter Biden was not living in the home of Joe Biden. But if you if you go back even further than that, this Jonathan Lee, who wired the two hundred sixty thousand dollars from China to Hunter Biden's personal account. Uh, doesn't matter to one step-and-fetch Democrat. He could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and not lose one Democrat vote. They're loyal slaves to their master. I'll be back tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.